Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Coming to you live from opposite corners of Gitmo Nation. It's Wednesday, March 25th, 2009. This is no agenda. Emanating from the Crackpot Command Center somewhere in South London in Gitmo Nation East, I'm Adam Curry. I'm John C. Dvorak, uh, where it's nice and sunny here in northern Silicon Valley, 75 degrees. Yeah, what part of Gitmo Nation? Uh, Gitmo Nation, uh, uh, Silicon Valley. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. See, the whole idea is that you end up with I'm John C. Dvorak so that yeah, I kind no, of have a cue. I don't a know what I did. I, I said I'm John C. Dvorak right off the bat, and I don't know what, what to make of it. Totally hose me. So was uh, I was listening to a couple old shows. Of ours? Yeah, because I had to do a clip. I had to make a... Um, I had to do a... I take some... some uh, you will hear about that later. In fact, we'll hear about that at the one-hour, ten-minute point in the show. <laughs> Isn't it one hour, ten minutes, and 37 seconds, just to be exact? Well, something like that. Yeah. So that is actually one twenty-four. So when we reach that point, I have to uh, play something. Um, anyway, so what's new? Well, it's uh, so first of all, we're doing the show on Wednesday instead of Thursday, of course, for people on the stream, I'll be uh, repeating the show tomorrow at the exact same time. So it kind of keeps yeah, some continuity. Good idea. But it's like I can't, my Twitter's not working. I've got Twitter and it just won't take the, the reply button doesn't work. You have a broken tweet. Doesn't make any sense. Your tweet appendage. So I can't tell anybody. So they, if the people who are listening to the stream can't do it, I can't tell my folks. Can so you? Well. Can you DM? Can you direct DM message? what? What forty eight thousand no, no, no. people? <laughs> no, it's just it's a troubleshooting exercise, John. You know, oh, can I DM? If you, if you can direct message me, then maybe there's something else going on. I don't know. Let's find out. Let me hit yeah. the direct message button. Please give it a shot. Um, so, uh, while John's doing that, um, I received in my email this morning, uh, several, uh, sound clips, which John has, uh, apparently he's got some form of an agenda today and has uh, prepared something. And the note said, uh, for the show, please don't listen. <laughs> so I did not, of course. So here's interesting. So I go to direct messages and you know, you get the little icons on the right of the, the, the send to some, wait a minute. Hold on. Welcome to Troubleshooting Twitter, a program. Uh, yeah, we do, of all things, we're going to talk about Twitter's <laughs> the, the least of them. Nope, it doesn't work either. No, it doesn't work. All right. Screw it. So, um, actually, so I noticed on Mevio today, today, you got a whole thing about, you know, Chris Dodd trying to do your best uh, to embarrass him. Yeah, I, I think I did okay. You did okay, except you left out the part about Chris Dodd's wife. Well, um, what was that again? She was was there a conflict where she Chris worked? Dodd's wife, a former director of Bermuda-based ah, IPC yeah. Holdings and AIG-controlled right. company, blah blah blah. Yeah, but I didn't have any video of that. Oh, see, that's the thing is you know you got to go looking around for video and in order to make it work, and that's the same thing kind of for for this show. You know, from time to time you gotta you gotta hear the real people saying the real words instead of us just reading it. Um, and that makes it that that makes it actually like work, which, as you know, uh, I hate <laughs> actual work involved. Yeah, well, uh, it should be minimized. But uh, yeah, thanks for promoting that uh, Mevio today on the homepage. And just go to Mevio.com and you can see Adam going ballistic. 
I am. What did you think of the last bit there, where I morphed Dodd? Yeah, that was cute. That was direct inspiration from this show. Well, you know, it's it's cute, except for the fact that you have a hair color difference. That, well, yeah, duh. <laughs> Thanks. You should actually, you know, if you were... Yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. If I had John Stewart's staff, I'd do it all right, okay? Thanks. There you go. Yeah. That's exactly That's what you're trying to say, yes. Well, I don't have 40 people, but I think we get... Uh, did you mention that Chris Dodd received $280,000 in campaign contributions from AIG? Well, did you did you just watch the video or not? I missed that part. It's the, I put up the whole list. In fact, I even said it looks like AIG is better at picking their politicians than their insurance deals. Oh, okay. Thanks for you know you didn't actually well, watch. I was, you, I was, you, I was you were eating breakfast. You were munching away. I sat here and listened to you watch it, John. I sat here and you go, I'm <laughs> listening to it, trying to Twitter, trying to eat, and so I'm not necessarily you know. You know what I was eating though? I was eating like real chicken eggs. So you, is that a cue for me to tell you I have a goose egg? <laughs> You have a goose egg. Yeah, I bought a goose egg yesterday. Um, uh, Patricia, you know, I force her now to go shopping at uh, Moons. Moons, I think is the way you pronounce it. The the butcher uh, right around the corner who has. They also have vegetables, and they had goose eggs. I'm like, yeah, let's give me a, give me a goose egg. I want to try one. I never tried All a right. goose egg. We have a lot of goose eggs up in Washington. In fact, we got a dozen of them right now. We don't know what to do with them because everybody's sick of eggs. And these eggs are so delicious, especially they're real yard eggs, you know, chickens that are out there eating everything and the goose and ducks. So we have a, like, we're caught up to a dozen eggs. My wife found, you know, she said, wow, the goose, stopped. the geese, the geese only lay, by the way, for a part of the year. They don't lay all year round like a chicken. Huh. They lay for three or four months and that's it. And so, uh, she says, well, I guess the goose geese have stopped laying, and she goes and finds a pile of six of them because the geese are like a lot of birds. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they'll pile their eggs up someplace. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. Don't uh, look over here. Nothing to see. Move along. No eggs <laughs> here. <laughs> no eggs. Boom, there's a whole pile Gitmo of them. goose. <laughs> so she's, she's, you know, rolls her eyes. But anyway, the, the goose eggs are uh, unlike duck eggs, which I, I consider to be pretty hard to, to take. Yeah, they're, they're the, too, they're too, they, they taste like canal. They're chalky. Yeah, chalky. That's it. Canally. They have a they have a funny texture and they're rubbery and they're just they just do not feel right in the mouth. There's everything's wrong. With it. The duck eggs are good for making breads and things. Goose eggs are also good for baking with, and they make a terrific custard. But a goose egg is is tastes exactly like a chicken egg, only about say ten times more intensely egg flavored, hmm. but with none of the bad parts of a, like a duck egg. So you have to be to to do something. You were thinking of scrambling the thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if I fried it, it might be a little. You know, you get that no, big no, no, yolk, and it might be kind of disgusting. Like, oh god, it's like, like Flintstone egg. Say it's no. impossible. Ah, don't say it's impossible. Don't dare me. It wouldn't be good. Okay. Now, if you're going to scramble a goose egg, you have to cover it up with a lot of other stuff. In other words, it would have to be cooked French style with a bunch of mushrooms and maybe cheese and so chopped omelet, bacon. Omelet, and omelet you style. load it up with everything but egg. Because of the, and, the, the, the egg taste is just going to be too strong for me and I won't yeah, be able to hand, handle it? the egg taste is uh, going to be so intense. And it's also a very filling Yes. Uh, well, looking at that thing, if I get that so, whole thing well, in my stomach. Consider it two and a half eggs. Um, okay. Or three, it depends on the size of the goose. But anyway, the uh, yeah, you can't you you can't just if you're going to scramble it straight up, you're not going to. It's going to be too funk. Now, what what we've been experimenting with, and I've been encouraging because I believe the French do this. 
and everything has to be based on the French, uh, is make a custard from the egg. And it becomes as intense, beautifully flavored, eggy custard, the kind you would find in a shop in Paris. Because we think that they, the French are using goose eggs to make custards or cheating. That's why those eggs, if anyone's gone to Paris and they've gone to the shops, you have this custard, this like really yellow yeah, custard. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, almost yeah, orange yeah, yeah, color, yeah, 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 sure. And it's delicious. Yeah, it is good. Uh, there's goose involved. <laughs> On to the real news. That is real news. <laughs> and now, back to real news. <laughs> Top Gear is getting credit crunched. What do you mean? Um, they've been told they to need a bailout. They've been told, yeah, they do. Uh, they've been told uh, they've got to cut their budget by two hundred thousand pounds, and the suggestion was perhaps they could test drive cheaper cars. <laughs> no, that's, that's yeah, yeah. I got the article right here. And what is it? Co- that doesn't cost them to test drive a car. The manufacturers let them borrow. That's how stupid that. But remember, this is a government operation. Um, hey, is this a fact? Somebody actually said make them test drive cheaper cars. Uh, Not knowing that they're low Plans cars. to feature the likes of a Lamborghini, Ferrari, and Porsche have been axed because of the budget squeeze from the BBC. Maybe it's the insurance. I'm, sh- I'm sure there's there, it, it, it's not just like a free car. You know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. And they put these, these guys behind the wheel. Anyway, uh, Jeremy Clarkson says, uh-uh, we're going to spend the money until it's all gone. Right, like he has something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he actually controls. like his bravado. Like, yeah, well, he's he's a real English bloke. You know, you just gotta love the guy for it. I um, I actually prepared a number of things because, of course, hold on a second, hold on a second. I'm thinking maybe this is just all a publicity stunt to get more attention to the show since he now defies them. What do you think? I think he's always out to promote himself. Yeah, but don't yeah, but don't you think maybe this whole thing's a scam? No, 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 no. I, I I'm pretty I'm quite sure that the budgets are being tightened uh, at the BBC. So I and it's and it's a very expensive show. Well, you know, again, of course, the fact that Clarkson is going on record saying all this, of course, it's a promotional bid. Now, our um, the president of the United States uh, appeared multiple times on television. So we sixty minutes occurred after the last show we did, and of course, last night there was the uh, the. What was that billed as? Because I watched it, obviously, and I also recorded it. Was a press, it. it was his second press conference. Is that what it was called, though? Press conference? Yeah, it was a press conference. I mean, it, they could have just called... You know, they should just turn this into a show, because, once again, beautifully Like Hugo done. Chavez. He does one. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. It's like the Hugo Chavez show, featuring Barack Obama. Where, uh, did you see that the reporters who were asking questions, that they all had uh, IFBs in? <laughs> Now, let me, I, I didn't know. I didn't see that. That's yeah, funny. An IFB is uh, one of those little uh, earpieces that you have in, and I think that's part of the reason when he called on uh, who did he call on Sue or whatever. That woman was shocked. And uh, actually, I have the uh, I have the link somewhere. Yeah, because I, I, probably what happened is you know they all had these IFBs in, and uh, they're probably cause it was so tight and so well orchestrated. That I'm sure they were saying, okay, oh, Anne was her name. So, okay, uh, we're coming to you, Anne, in just a minute. Hey, Anne. Um, you sound surprised. I am surprised. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am because. Uh, right, I was supposed uh, to be the third one. Yeah. Calling. <laughs> you called me out of turn. <laughs> so he called a bunch of people. Well, let's go over my clips I got here for you. Uh, let me just say one thing. 
I laugh my ass off. You may say two things. Thank you. But I'm trying to keep in the president's uh, vernacular. Let me say one thing about that. I loved look. I loved following on Twitter. There is someone you must follow. It is a Teleprompter One. <laughs> tele, by the way, this uh, T O T U S, the Teleprompter of the United States. It's a meme now, and there are webs. I put them in the links in the show notes. There are websites with the president playing golf with his teleprompter, using the teleprompter as a shovel. Uh, <laughs> the the military guard instead of holding M16s, they're holding teleprompters. And and this teleprompter one, it just cracked me up because it was the teleprompter talking back to the president and and reacting to to each of his um, his statements. Of course, the uh, what they did properly, although it it seemed like he had a little bit of trouble with it, is uh, they now positioned one teleprompter in the middle near the central camera, so there was no more no more left and right looking. But you can see that that was a little more he's troublesome for. Yeah, it, it's he's not quite as comfortable with it. I felt. He, yeah, but he has to get used to it, and I think that prompter is right on the lens. Yeah, right. Yeah, on. I, I think it's a it's a huge one of those really big ones that they use for award shows. Yeah. So yeah. so if anyone Could in be. the press corps looked behind them, they could read along with. Uh, oh, with I don't speech. think it's that one in the back of the room style. Yeah, I think it is. No, I think it's on the camera. It's a camera prompter. No. Regardless, there's no way because they always burn the guys when they have one in the back of the room nowadays. I think they've noticed this that some joker is always going to stand know, in front of it. No, no. Well, there's that, but there's some joker in the in the uh, what do you call it the pool who handles the right. cameras that will get a shot, shot of, it, of it and you'll there, see it. So there is a away. shot. There is a shot, and it's a big uh, like plasma screen. There's a there shot. Was a with, shot yeah. that was in the thing. I never no, no, saw no. That. It was a picture. Picture, not a, not a video shot, but a, a oh, picture. Somebody took a photo. Yeah, someone took a oh, photo okay. of it. Yeah. Well, that's ridiculous. So, so I, anyway, I got some clips, but let's go through your clips because I'm curious. All right, to first see what of all, got. let's go over this one clip <laughs> I have. Sorry. This is a clip from Leno, and this is the one. Uh, this is the Leno clip, and this is the, the first his first appearance. And this is uh, the only reason I brought this one up because it, it refers to every other clip I've got. A and B, it it contradicts your comments last week where you said that the order. Of, of Obama's uh, <laughs> Trinity. Yeah, I always say it uh, ends with and reduce our uh, reliance on foreign oil, our dependence on foreign oil. I thought that was right. always in his fact. Theory. The, the Trinity goes as follows: it's it's we have to um, uh, do health, and then we have to do uh, energy, then we have to do education. That's the one, two, three punch, and he brings it up. And this is the first time he brings it up in Leno, and he does it in a much more show business way. He doesn't really get into much detail, but he does the Trinity bang, bang, bang right there. And so you the can challenge. Play it. Uh, yeah, I ran for president because I thought we needed big changes, and uh, I, I, I do think in Washington it, it's a little bit like American Idol, except everybody is Simon Cowell. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, by the way, was funny. Yeah, that was funny. Wow, that's, that's, that kind of, that's rough. That's rough. Yeah. You know, everybody's everybody's got an opinion. Yeah, but that's that's part of what uh, makes uh, for our democracy. You know, it's contentious and people are uh, hitting back. And I do think, though, that the American people are all uh, in 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 a place where they understand it took us a while to get into this mess. Right. Uh, it's going to take a while for us to get out of it. Uh, and if they have confidence that uh, I'm making steps to deal with issues like health care and energy and education that matter deeply to their daily lives, uh, then I think they're going to give us some time. Let me ask you about this. Uh, hmm. Yeah, hmm. yeah that's, that, that's the long, drawn-out 
That's Tonight the show order. Version. But wait a minute. That's the order <laughs> in that specific order. Now, at the press conference, he did something interesting besides saying, uh, you know, look a number of times. And he has a couple other bits, by the way, I spotted that he does over and over again when he's annoyed. But he's decided, and I think, I don't know whether this is a good idea or a bad idea. Uh, and if you and if you listen to as we listen to a couple of these clips I've got, you'll find that he keeps bringing up the you know the healthcare, uh, energy, and education in that order over and over again. But he's added a fourth. Ah, yes. And I don't know whether he added the fourth uh, as part of a meeting or he decided to add the fourth because there's something elegant about. A, you know, a trinity, and everybody, uh, writers are always kind of taught this, that you, you, if you want to express certain kinds of emotions, you do certain series of of, con- of connections. If you want to say, the guy's crazy and he's nuts, you know, you do two things, and it and it, that's a, a considered a high level of emotion to, to make a point. To do a reasonable point-making process, you use three items. The guy's nuts, he's crazy, and he's oblivious, you know, just three things. And three is the key to make you sound kind of reasonable in your assertions to get a point across. Then if you use four or more things where you just have a series of things, the guy's crazy, he's nuts, he's an abomination, he's an he's, idiot, he's a phony. <laughs> but that, that weakens you, doesn't it? That, that makes it, Yes, you, that yeah. weakens you yeah. and makes you sound like a lunatic. <laughs> Should we play so, the clip? <laughs> it's ill-advised. No, well, not yet. Uh well, yeah, we can play the clip, but the, 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 this clip, these clips are, a couple of these clips are a little long. Yeah, they are, they're What's all interesting long. about these clips, and the, we're going to play clip one, is that a question is asked that Obama never answers, and instead he goes into the same crap about we need to fix health care and we need to uh, fix the energy right, problem. Right. And I, then we I, have now, I have not heard these clips. Let me just guess. This is the question that was asked. He didn't answer any of the questions, I believe. Um, are you going to uh, uh, sign a bill if it doesn't include this your triumvirate? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Jake. Thank you, Mr. President. Right now on Capitol Hill, um, Senate Democrats are writing a budget. And according to press accounts uh, and their own statements, uh, they're not including the middle class tax cut that uh, you include in the stimulus. They're talking about phasing that out. They're not including uh, the cap and trade that you have in your budget, uh, and they're not including uh, other measures. I know when you outlined your four priorities over the weekend, uh, a number of these things were not in there. Will you sign a budget if it does not contain a middle-class tax cut, does not contain uh, cap and trade? Well, so the, the reporter only mentioned two, actually. Uh, I, I've, well, the curious thing yep. is the reporter doesn't mention the four, no. which is what two. Obama mentioned. He just two. Emphasize yeah. yeah, but those two aren't the f- aren't the four. No, <laughs> two not equal four. <laughs> I'm with no, you. No, those two are not even part of the. Not four. even part That's of the four. <laughs> okay, here we go. Emphasize repeatedly what I expect out of this budget. I expect that there's serious efforts at health care reform. Healthcare. And that we are driving down costs for families and businesses and ultimately for the federal and state governments that are going to be Top of the uh, list. broke if we continue on the current path. I've said that we've got to have a serious energy policy that frees ourselves from dependence on, on the foreign list, oil always. and yep. makes clean energy the profitable kind of energy. So it's always health care energy, right? Yeah. We've got to invest in education, K through 12 and beyond, to upgrade uh, the skills of the American workers. So we- and now, what will number four be? I wish I had a drum roll. I got to get one. Compete in, in the international economy. 
And I've said that we've got to start driving our deficit numbers down. Ah, okay. The deficit, uh, ah, the deficit question. Yeah, that's the new number four. Can I just uh, play a quick clip regarding, can I jump, ah, shit, I won't do that. I don't want to jump around. No, well, yeah, sure. Uh, because on that, on that uh, deficit, later he comes back and he says, to, when talking about health care, uh, I was very amazed to hear the things he said. Check this. Uh, then uh, we would have already had it done, and the budget would have been uh, voted on, and everybody could go home. Uh, this is hard. And the reason it's hard is because we've accumulated a structural deficit that's going to take a long time, and we're not going to be able to do it next year or the year after or three years from now. What we have to do is bend the curve. I love that. Bend the curve. <laughs> yeah, I have that clip, too. Yeah, well, there's one piece that comes after this, which is even more astounding. On these deficit projections. And the best way for us to do that is to reduce health care costs. That's not just my opinion. Now, how That's do we reduce the them? Listen to this. How do we reduce health care costs? single person who has looked at our long-term fiscal situation. Now, how, do we, how are we going to reduce health care costs? Now. Uh, because... The problem is not just in government-run programs. Yeah, yeah. Now no, it's the, the private sector. It's your is fault. Is in the private sector as well. It's experienced by families. It's experienced by businesses. Uh, and so what we've said is, look, look, let's invest in health information technologies. Let's invest in preventive care. Let's. Okay. So I now understand what he's doing. So we're not actually going to put in more nurses or. Um, or improve situations on a global scale, we're going to do is pour billions of dollars into IT, which has yep. an ancillary benefit of getting everyone's DNA in the database. Preventive care, by the way. Preventive care is, of course, a total Gitmo Nation term for we're going to tell you what you can eat and what you can't eat. That's, that, I, yeah, I'm not going to argue the point. On the heels of this, if I can just... Move away for one second. We got an email about this IT, and it really, uh, really struck home uh, from uh, Rick Deckard, who uh, who found out some information. Remember the uh, the company um, Dineport, and we just have to keep coming back to us uh, that uh, distributed bird flu, live bird flu virus with flu vaccinations mixed together in a nice handy little shot to to kickstart this bird flu epidemic. From Baxter. Yes. So he says, you know, these guys were acquired by CSC, which you and I determined was a basically a government IT organization. It gets all government contracts to implement IT. Now it makes total sense. Of course they acquired the flu vaccine company because these guys are healthcare now. IT services is going to become healthcare, and it'll just pop up on the database. Ah, Mr. Dvorak, you have not had your uh, live bird flu uh, infested flu shot yet. Ding, ding, ding. You need to have it. So that's what uh, that's what that investment is all about. I feel good. Could be. I feel good. All right. So let's go to a couple more clips. By the way, he says uh, he goes well, and he says now, and he does, uses the word now, which is a substitute for the word look. Yeah. There's a couple of them. Well, is, yeah. uh, is he's he's using that more and more. Yeah. Well, only only one save and create actually. 
It, it was now with a long pause, and, it, and it, it's the same as look. It's, it's kind of interesting. But play clip B, which is a long clip, but this is the one you just kind of played. I just want to play the beginning of it because this is where a guy asks, asks the questions that Obama – unfortunately, he asked a two-part question. Obama decides to take part two and start answering it with uh, never, never addressing part one. Yeah, at, at, all, at first, I thought he actually misunderstood the question, and this is about uh, – Play it. Clip me. Yeah. Clip me, too. Uh, Ed Henry. Where's Ed? Hey, Ed. Did, hello, Ed. Is your IFB on? <laughs> Ed, can you hear me? Q, Ed. Q, Ed. By Q. the way, he does, where's Ed? Where's Ed? Yeah. Is she Where, here? Yeah. And, he, and he does that. And then he also has two people that he just uses by their first name. Yeah. Well, Ed. is like, Ed. hey, Ed. Is the IFB working, Ed? Can you hear me? Yeah, okay, here we go. You spoke again at the top about your anger about AIG. You've been saying that for days now. But why is it that it seems Andrew Cuomo seems to be oh, in New yeah. York getting more actual action on it? Uh, and when you and Secretary Geithner first learned about this 10 days, two weeks ago, you didn't go public immediately with that outrage. You waited a few days. And then when you went public after you realized Secretary Geithner really had no legal avenue to stop it. Uh, and more broadly, I just want to follow up on Chip and Jake. Um, you've been very critical of President Bush doubling the national debt. Uh, and, and to be fair, it's not just Republicans hitting you. Democrat Ken Conrad, as you know, said, quote, when I look at this budget, I see the debt doubling again. You keep saying that you've inherited a big fiscal mess. Do you worry, though, that your daughters, not to mention the next president, will be inheriting an even bigger fiscal mess if the spending goes out of control? Of course I do, Ed, uh, which is why we're doing everything we can to reduce that deficit. Uh, Actually, I thought this was a pretty boring, pretty boring answer that he gave. What, what's the part that you liked? The part that I like, you don't have to play the rest of it. He actually goes into look, look a couple times, but mm. you don't have to play the rest of it because you actually already played part of this. Go to clip three. Yeah. Which is where the guy comes back and says, hey, you never answered yeah. my question. <laughs> yeah, I have this clip, Those too. Those are reflected in our budget. <laughs> play, uh, play. Partly yeah, this is because it. the savings we anticipate would be coming in years outside of right. the 10-year budget cycle. That but, we're Mr. President, about. sir. Okay. Why, did you wait, why did you wait days to come out and express that outrage? It I, seems like the action is coming out of New York and the Attorney General's office. It, it took you days to come public with Secretary Geithner and say, look, we're outraged. Why did it, it take so long? It, it, it took us a couple of days because I like to know what I'm talking about before I speak. And then listen to all the reporters laughing. <laughs> you got slammed by him. <laughs> take down. Take down. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. I, um, the, the big question, which leads into yesterday's news about China, uh, was actually asked, and uh, I thought it was interesting. It kind of got snuck in there about uh, the global currency as... Um, you know, uh, China, uh, in, in the Financial Times yesterday, China said, hey, you know, we think we should be a new uh, global reserve currency. Shouldn't be the dollar. Russia says, hey, hey, comrades, we, think, we think that's a pretty good idea. So uh, one of the reporters snuck the question in. I don't believe that there's a need for a global currency. There you go. I don't think there's a need for a global currency. However, but, yes. Well, you know what's interesting about that question Mm -hmm. It was a financial question, and and again, who was it asked by? It was asked by Fox News. Really? Which brings me to the last clip I really want, need to play, which is the one that's from Shepard Smith, which is on there. I think it's clip four. Four or five. We haven't done four, so five. Is this thing? No, that's the Mexican question. Yeah, Shepard no, Smith. No, yeah, yeah Shepard Smith. Yeah, now, here, before, I'm going to set this one up. Okay. So I'm watching this thing on channel, uh, locally channel two, which is a Fox affiliate. 
<laughs> so they bring Shepard Smith, who I really find Despise. annoying. <laughs> yeah. well, he hey, everybody, like it's Studio B, Shep Smith in the morning. In the morning. <laughs> He's a puker, dude. So he comes on, and yes, you're it, what you, yeah, he's what you would call a puker. He comes on, and I want you, this is not a short clip, but he brings on somebody who says nothing, and then he makes, then he decides to editorialize. And I have to comment on the editorializing after, after this clip plays. Go play it. Are failing, but are too big to do so because they would affect our economy. The president said tonight, and I quote, we should have obtained it much earlier so that any institution that poses a systemic risk can, that can bring down the financial system, we can handle and we can do it in an orderly fashion that quarantines it from other institutions. He went on to say, we don't have that power right now. That's what Secretary Geithner is talking about. And I think there's going to be strong support from the American people in the Congress to provide that authority. The question is, is it constitutional? Our senior judicial analyst, Judge Andrew Napolitano, says it's not. But for the economy, we turn to Alexis Glick, the senior vice president of business news for the Fox Business Network on satellite and cable and the host of their morning program, Money for Breakfast. His first talk, his scripted talk... Is that right after Bitches for Breakfast on Fox News? And his questions were largely you. about different things. It, w it was actually pretty fascinating. We thought this was going to be a speech largely about those economic issues, the AIG bonuses, the, a, a lot more about the federal budget deficit, what they plan to do in terms of getting private capital to help rescue the financial institutions. We only saw a handful of questions about that at the very top. You know, if you were going to put this in baseball terms, I would say there was a lot of softballs thrown tonight not a lot of curveballs, not a lot of business organizations asking questions. One has to wonder what it will look like going forward. He's got a lot more challenges this week ahead. In fact, no business organizations. A little inside baseball for you, because we like to, to note who the president calls on. He called on Stars and Stripes. He called on Politico. He called on Ebony. He called on the French press agency. Did not call on the New York Times, the Washington Post, or the Wall Street Journal, or any of the financial networks. Interesting. Well... Interesting, my butt. This guy, <laughs> if they had, if he had called on the New York Times and he, the Washington Post, he would have Post been burned. He would have gone on and on about, oh, it's all they ever call on of these people. The joke is, he called on, on Fox. What's he got <laughs> to complain about? Fox was called on. Fox asked the financial question. Why is he saying this? He called on the Washington Times, a right-wing newspaper. What has he got to complain about? He wants them to call on the New York Times? How disingenuous, how phony can this guy, Shepard Smith, be? This is the, the most bogus complaint I've ever heard in my life. Obama goes out of his way to call on obscure publications and call on Fox and call on CNN and call on the Washington Times and then they complain he's not calling on the New York Times? What? <laughs> Shepard Smith is plugged in, man. If he unplugs, they just put him in the corner in the evening. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why you're upset about it. It's because I you listen to this stuff as though they've got something on him. Oh, we've got him now. And this is what's going on. You run into this with Rush Limbaugh, too. These guys are just complaining about anything they can think of, whether it means anything, whether it's meaningful or whatever. Instead of looking behind, no, they never say, hey, look, the guy's repetitive. He kept bringing up the same four things over and over. What you asked, he'd say the same stuff. They never do any deconstruction. They just complain. They look for something. 
something to pick about, like, oh, he didn't call on the New York Times. This is terrible. Who wants him calling on the New York Times? It's just, I, I just watched this going, well, we might as well just throw this, this, you know, this, this right, these right wingers, the Fox people, the, the Murdoch people, and just throw them under the bus because they're useless. Let's uh, move away from the uh, clips for a moment. Uh, I'd want to bring your attention to a name change from the uh, Ministry of Truth. The global war on terror is no longer what it's called, John. Oh, they've changed the name. Yes, they've changed the name. Peter Orzag, remember this guy, the goofy guy who sits in some of those meetings? He's the oversight management budget director. Um, he's now calling it the following. He said, quote, the budget shows the combined cost of operations in Iraq, Afghanistan, and here it comes, other overseas con contingency operations may be necessary. And there is a memo that has been circling to Pentagon staff saying the administration prefers to avoid the using the term long war or global war on terror. Please use overseas contingency operation. <laughs> I love it. Double well, speak is that the beautiful. global war on terror is, is over. over. We can we can declare that one finally gone. We uh, we got a comment from uh, a German listener, which relates to that global currency, which I wanted to share with you. Yeah, hi Adam, hi John. Um, here's Chris from Germany, um, and um, I found an interesting uh, fun fact about uh, the SDRs, the special drawing rights. Now you know what this is about, right? This is these. Uh, we've talked about these, the International Monetary Fund who will become the global bank, is creating money, uh, billions of it, and they're called SDR, special drawing rights. It's um, The SDRs is something China is now going for and Russia is going for, and it's like a, a beta version for a new world currency. I like that. A beta version for a new world currency. So, um, Which means beta in American lingo. Yes. But, but yeah, tomato, tomato. The interesting fact is that these SDRs are already um, old. They were um, they were introduced in 1969. And when you think about a world currency and you think about uh, J.R.R. Tolkien with the one ring to rule them all, it's quite inter interesting that the Lord of the Rings was released also in 1969. So maybe there is some kind of a zeitgeist that is now coming uh, to, yeah, to the real world. Um, I think it's a fun fact to think about, and you find more and more of these little things that are like a fractal, maybe a little bit, that is now coming into place. Thanks a lot. Keep on with the show. I contributed to the library, maybe just $5, but it will help you out, and, and I hope this fun fact is also nice for your audience. Yeah. Have a good time. Bye. Yeah. Thanks for the fun fact. So there's a... Uh... A war on meat. <laughs> you know my Twitter penis size is like 800 inches? I'm sorry? Yeah, there's some... Uh, you can uh, measure the size of your e-penis and you give it your Twitter name. And then it gives back uh, a page with the size of your e-penis. Really? Yes. It's funny, I would just mention meat and you'd come <laughs> up with that kind of a connection. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what is the what is the link to that? People out there want to know. Uh, I tweeted it yesterday, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, you don't want me to check mine. <laughs> You'll be poking me in the eye with that thing across the ocean, man. I don't want that. That's, <laughs> that's freaking dangerous. I think, uh, John, before you do anything, it's... Uh... And now, back to real news.
I found this one. An 18-year-old has secretly painted a 60-foot drawing of a phallus on the roof of his parents' $1 million mansion in Berkshire. It was there there for a year before his parents find out. And the picture (laughs) is phenomenal. (laughs) Every little plane, you should have flown over it. If only I had known. Well, he has to scrub it off, so uh, that's when when he gets back from traveling. So maybe it's still there. I can fly over Berkshire. I know where that is. How did they find it? Google Earth, probably. Oh, By the way, I, I am I am laughing my ass off here in the UK particularly, but in the rest of Europe. So now Google Street View is available. And uh, I think we talked on the last show that uh, there was a guy who was coming out of a porn shop. And he said, oh, I don't want that uh, sticking around for the next uh, couple months. I want that taken off. But it's so funny that particularly the Brits, that they're outraged. Their privacy is being hurt by Google Street View when there's 10 million cameras everywhere. It's crazy. Well, that is funny. Just stupid. It is. It yeah, is. Google Street View is one snapshot taken once in a lifetime, showing you know nothing. <laughs> yeah. And the cameras are, are live twenty four seven. And by the way, you know, as a part of the uh, the new terrorist, uh, you know, in the UK in Gitmo Nation East, uh, they're upping uh, so they're upping the work on uh, on the. I'm sorry, on the overseas contingency projects, whatever. And uh, now there's a list. And if you are even looking at CCTV cameras, the Metropolitan Police, the Met, as they call it, uh, have said you should probably report people who are looking at CCTV cameras. They are a suspect. Brother. That would be Hey, something. look, there's a camera. What does it look like? I don't know what brand is it. <laughs> this is hey, let's go arrest that guy. It's crazy. And, and, and so everyone's yelling about Google. That shows you how pathetic the British public is or has become or has been made into. Yeah, well, I still have hope that there's something lurking underneath there. By the way, you can also follow uh, the TSA on Twitter, which is a hoot. TSA blog team. That's oh, always fun. Yeah, that would be funny. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um some interesting stuff going on in the European Parliament. And there's two clips that are floating around. Uh uh Gordon Brown visited I think it was in Strasbourg, it wasn't in Brussels. Gordon Brown visited the European Parliament, and for some reason it seems to be a lot easier for the European politicians who are, uh, or the, the the British politicians who are Europe in the European Parliament, to yell and scream at Gordon Brown when he's not in the UK. So there's two. There's Daniel Hannan, which you might have even seen this video, <clears throat> John, who who starts off by "You're the most devalued prime minister of a devalued government." He just hammers him, and Gordon Brown's just sitting there smiling. But the one that I'd like to play uh, a bit of is from uh, Mike. I think it's Michael Farage, Nigel Farage. He's from the UK Independent Party. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen this guy around on YouTube videos. And uh, and a lot of people, he gets a bad rap for some reason in the UK, but I want you to listen to him, and this is yesterday, completely drill Gordon Brown, an asshole the size of the Lincoln Tunnel. It is just beautiful, beautiful work. And I wish it was on television because... People need to hear this kind it's of not, stuff. It's not on television because in Canada they they televise those little 
documents. After oh, yeah. years of cooperation... All right, so first Gordon Brown, does his, he's doing his little speech about how great everything is and the European Union rocks and we're fantastic. We are stronger together, safer together than ever we are apart. Yes, now, very good. on behalf of the Independence and Democracy Group, Nigel Farage, three minutes. Minister, you received some criticism this afternoon for your comment, British jobs for British workers, but you can brush that aside. Because from the moment you said it, I don't think anybody seriously thought... Yeah, oh, you should see this video. Brown is like, <laughs> He's just sitting there going, <laughs> Nigel's going to make a little show. <laughs> that you would yeah, but this is common there. This is common, but uh, I haven't, I haven't rarely seen this in the, in the British Parliament, but in the European Parliament, and Farage does this a lot. But just listen to how he blames Gordon Brown for everything, and in most, most cases... Justly so. Prime Minister, put the interests of British workers above that of your European dream. And my goodness me, you showed that this afternoon. It's just a pity that apart from UKIP, virtually nobody seems to bother to turn up to listen to you. <laughs> no, you're very popular here. You're very popular indeed, because within a few days of the Irish saying no to the Lisbon Treaty, you had rammed that treaty through the British Parliament, and you'd done it, breaking a specific... You see, I said you were popular. <laughs> you did it, breaking a specific Mesto pledge that you would give the British people a referendum on the Constitutional Treaty. Shame on you, Prime Minister, for doing that. You have devalued democracy in our country. You have devalued the trust that voters have got in you as a British Prime Minister. But, of course, we know the reason why. The reason why is that we would have voted no. Yes. You said in your speech that none but those on the extremes oppose European Union. Well, that may be right amongst professional career politicians, but a clear majority of the British people want us to have friendship and free trade with the European Union, but do not want to be members of this political union. Yes. You cannot, you cannot continue against public opinion to build this European now, here Union. It comes. If you do it this is just the wind up. The people, you are storing up enormous social and political problems for the future. Please, please, let the peoples of Europe decide their destiny. Don't have it done in parliaments like this and parliaments like Westminster. It won't work. And as now. far as the economy is concerned, you've told us that somehow you're the economic guru. You're the man that can save the world. <laughs> well, I remember very well your first big act as Chancellor when you sold 400 metric tonnes of gold on the world's exchanges at $275 an ounce. At today's valuation, that would be $10 billion higher. But it isn't just the fact you got it wrong, because we can all get it wrong. It was the fact that you announced in advance how much you were going to sell and on what day you were going to sell it. It was a, an error so basic that the average A-level economic student, even in these educationally devalued times, wouldn't have done. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, they're a little more blunt there. We don't do anything like that. But that's but it's it's untelevised, you know. Doesn't really make any difference. No one ever sees it. No one ever hears it. So did it really happen? I don't think so. Hey, by the way, I got a list of stuff from Obama's uh, press conference. Mm -hmm. and I noticed that he's also doing the Reagan thing where he he brings in these anecdotes. He says he met with a man yesterday who builds windows. Yeah, Bill Gates. I guess maybe he's like, <laughs> he's like, what is he meeting with this guy for? How does this guy get the meeting with the president? But anyway, he's got a new term, by the way, I want people to look out for, besides the fact that he now has four items in his agenda. Four items, new terms, coming, yes. The new term is blue chip forecasters. Ooh. 
Well, that's that's on par with working families, John. What's a working family and what's a blue chip forecaster? I don't know, but a blue chip forecaster is hot. It's the new meme. Meanwhile, he's also, by the way, go ahead. He's also attacking critics to an excess. He keeps mentioning the critics, 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 as though they're bad. Oh, yeah, people. the other guys. Uh, we inherited this. It's it's all. By the way, he inherited everything. Everything is inherited. Um, so while Obama was doing sixty minutes, which was also that was kind of a fun uh, a fun interview. Although um, he doesn't actually write to uh, the president, doesn't write to the parents of, of dead soldiers. He just signs them. He just signs the letters. Did you catch that? On the 60 Minutes Oh, no, I didn't catch it. That's fine. Because there's so many demands and decisions that are pressed upon you. What's the hardest decision you've had to make in the last 60 days? Well, I would say that uh, the decision to send more troops uh, into Afghanistan. You know, I think it's the right thing to do. But it's uh, a weighty decision because we actually had to make the decision prior to the completion of a strategic review. I love that. We made the decision before we had the frickin' plan. Uh, that uh, we were conducting. Uh, you know, when I make a decision to send 17,000 Sounds like young Americans Bush to Afghanistan. Do. Exactly. Uh, you can understand that Say intellectually. Say hello to the new boss. But understanding what that means for those families, Here for those young people. Uh, when you end up sitting at your desk signing uh, a condolence letter to... Yeah, not like you'd actually write one. Have someone else write it, and then you just sign it. Well, he doesn't... He, like, he would have time to write all those letters. I mean, yeah, it's several thousand. I mean, forget about it. Not to be outdone, by the way, in the spectrum of getting ink, getting press, and on television, Barney Frank appeared, made an appearance on Gay 365. Thank you for joining us. Let's start with DOMA, the 12-year-old Defensive Marriage Act, recently coming under fire. Pay attention to what he says about the Supreme Court. Uh, by the way, Barney Frank, who is the, uh, he's on the Senate uh, Banking Committee. He's the chairman, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> Barney Frank. I got, some, I got some nastiness on Barney Frank. From several points. First, two federal judges in California now saying that employees in their courts are, in fact, despite DOMA, entitled to health benefits for their same-sex partners. What are your thoughts on that, and can that alone really do much? As much as I dislike that law, I led the fight against it. I don't think it's appropriate to say that the president should pick and choose what laws he defends. On the other hand, uh, I do think this argument that it is unconstitutional for the federal government to pick and choose as to which marriages it will accept is a good one. At some point, that's going to have to go to the United States Supreme Court. I wouldn't want it to go to the United States Supreme Court now because... Uh, that homophobe Anthony Scalia's got too many votes on this current court. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. That homophobe <laughs> Scalia. Uh, Scalia should hold him in contempt. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad. Oh my goodness! You know, by the way, uh, we were talking about. Uh, all these problems that uh, the president has inherited, you know how those are categorized now. Uh, no, what's the new, another term? Yes. I'm a big believer in persistence. Oh, yeah. I think I that, that when it comes too. to domestic affairs, if we keep on working at it, if we acknowledge that we make mistakes sometimes and that we don't always have the right answer and we're uh, inheriting very naughty problems... <laughs> 
You know, he uh, he started that persistence thing at the end uh, almost as an ad lib. Uh, you know, because persistence is going to be his mantra, which I, I came to that, which is the same. What's the difference between that and George Bush's stubbornness? Nothing, nothing. All you got to do is say it with a different voice and you're on the money. Yeah, he's got a much better voice. There's, In fact, you know, talking about the teleprompter is that Letterman did a bit that I thought was amusing. He, it's called, you know, he defended Obama's use of the teleprompter with a segment called Prompter or no prompter? <laughs> like, will and, it float? <laughs> and see, so, exactly. So he, he brings him out, and there's Obama giving this real da-da-da-da-da. And then he says, then no prompter. They go to the no prompter segment, and it's a, it's a section of with Bush stumbling through somebody. <laughs> prompter or no prompter. So he's trying to, like, he can't get, you know, he used to do this thing called great moments in presidential speeches. speeches yeah. But Bush is gone now, so he's trying. He's trying to keep him in the he's act. Got to do something. Somehow. Yeah, he's got to do something. There was one piece, and I and then I, we should stop with the sound clips. Um, President Obama said something yesterday, which I believe can be used against him with this whole climate change bullshit, and it relates to the question about stem cell research. And it was a great follow-up question, and I just think it's very useful. But what I don't want to do is predetermine this uh, based on a very uh, rigid scientific, uh, uh, ideological approach. Here comes the question. And that's what I think is reflected in the executive order that I signed. I meant to ask this to follow up. Do you think that scientific consensus is enough to tell us what we can and cannot do? No. I think Thank you. Just wanted to hear it. Scientific consensus not enough to tell us what to do, including climate change. Oh, yes. That's funny. Good catch. That's not I heard funny. That too. It's I true. Didn't have a, I didn't have a use for it. But yeah, climate change, what scientific consensus got to do with anything? Al Gore's coming out with a new book. Oh, he's got to do something. Yeah, well, who wrote this one? Uh, let's see. Uh, from Al's webpage, it's called Our Choice. <sighs> It'll be published by Rodale in the U.S. and by other publishers internationally November 3rd, 2009, picking up where an inconvenient truth left off. Our Choice utilizes Mr. Gore, Mr. Gore's 40 years of experience as a student, policymaker, author, filmmaker, entrepreneur, Grammy Award winner. No, I made that up. An why activist. Is it, why is it being posted by Rodale? Actually, I, I know nothing about Rodale. It's like a, you know, a, a, a small publisher that does a lot of health books and things like that. It's a very specialized group. Maybe they picked up the first one. Maybe they had, you know, the, I'm sure he got a, a good deal on it. Yeah, but I mean, you get a lot more money from a random house, you know, in terms of millions. But maybe, uh, maybe he's uh, got a back end on all that shit. Yeah, he must have some special royalty or something. In uh, Colorado, it uh, is now illegal to catch rainwater. Oh, that we blogged this like over a month ago. It's all been right. illegal to catch rainwater in Colorado for for decades. How does that work? If, in fact, in most states, when you start looking it up, it's illegal to catch rainwater. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, tell me about it. But, but, I mean, here the, it's it's actually encouraged, and you can buy what they call a garden butt. <laughs> I'm not quite sure why they call it a butt. Um, but why why would that be outlawed? Why would that be illegal? Well, we're wondering ourselves, but it's they would say that the water resources people say, look, we've calculated the runoff and the drainage, and we did this, and we can't have it interfered with with a bunch of people with barrels. 
which is just a bullshit argument if I ever heard one. But um, it's a it's a matter of uh, nobody's. I don't think there's anybody. Uh, although I think we did blog somebody who did get a ticket for collecting rainwater. Mm. Um, it what the problem is is that in certain certain of these drought prone areas. And I, this came to to uh, my attention after I'd written a, a, or we complained about the fact that in Bermuda, where there's no natural source of water, right. people have these roofs made with this, you know, Bermuda built for the purpose. But for the, no one can regulate rainwater. The, it's from God. You can't regulate that. Screw that. So you know, it's like you can't do one of these roofs and with a cistern in Los Angeles where they're always moaning about their lack of water, and instead it just goes into those big trenches and out to the ocean, and um, and then there's then there the people are sold water at a very high price uh, instead. It's just corruption. Thank you. And the the only, one of the the true glimmers of hope in the European Union, the current uh, the the, uh, the member state that holds the presidency, the Czech Republic. Well, you know the uh, of course the the president of the Czech Republic doesn't believe in the climate change story, and his his government fell <laughs> conveniently. <laughs> Whoops! So now I have to. He's form, not playing ball. He's not playing ball. You are not playing ball, Czechsky. Watch what we'll do now. You should use that. You should make that a clip. It's so true. Carbon footprint labels should be displayed on all new products, say Ministers of Parliament and Gitmo Nation East. Of course. Of course they should. I'm all for it. I wonder how many people, like in the United States especially, who don't pay much attention to this political stuff, like who live in North Dakota and don't really care about any of this, think everything's bull, would pick up a package and they'd see this carbon footprint thing and say, what the heck is this? <laughs> what, what is this carbon footprint thingy? And then they'd look around for a footprint on the ground saying, is this like a footprint around here? Is a foot? What's a foot? <laughs> you really got to understand. You got to listen to this show. Tell your neighbors. Tell your friends. Um, in the um, Belfast Telegraph... I'm so glad this is coming to light. They they keep talking about the 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 biggest Ponzi scheme in the world, and it, it is all going straight back to uh, Iraq. One hundred twenty five billion dollars are missing. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great yeah, article. But it's not a Ponzi scheme. That's an out and out rip. That's just a rip off. Yeah, it's, a Ponzi right. scheme. It's gets their money back. Well, no, it, 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 it it's literally being shipped out on pallets. And, you know, that's not just not it's just not a good policy to send money on pallets. I don't care what you say. I don't care who's touching it. It's just not a good policy. And uh, this article is very good. You'll find it in the show notes at uh, noagenda.mevio.com, curry.com and cagematch.dvorak.org. Um, and just the ramp. I mean, it's, it's our money. In fact, uh, someone sent me a clip of uh, Senator Dorgan. And this is, it's a clip from a couple months ago, and I'll just fast forward to this one bit where he's talking about where some of this money is going to, and he, and he uses pictures. Mr. President, on, on one other subject. I'll just fast forward this. Here we go. To this bit. It's funny. And the pictures are even better. Of a firm that was awarded $300 million in taxpayer contracts to provide weapons to the Afghan fighters in Afghanistan. So he's showing a picture of a 22-year-old kid, and he says, this kid received $300 million to provide weapons. Our, our State Department, our military, 
said the American taxpayers shall pay for weapons to be given to the Afghanis, the fighters in Afghanistan. Well, that's probably another debate, but one I think most people would say. Anyway, he goes on and he shows another kid, his, uh, his colleague, because this guy is the CEO, and then he's got the chairman of this company, which is located in a shack in, uh, in, like in Florida. And this is where the money's going to. $300 million being sent to these punks. And then they show the, here's what they actually delivered. They show like a case of old Chinese uh, bullets. <laughs> it's just, it's a complete freaking scam. Unbelievable. And, and I saw you pull that, that clip, from, uh, the Mexican clip uh, from the press conference last night. Obama pretty much said it right there. He said, well, you know, what we've got to stop is all these illegal guns and all this money going to the drug cartel. Well, yeah, it's the government sending the money and the guns. And then, then we get dope in return. It's the, that's hey, the whole the way, system. Before we forget this one, i got to mention this because it crops up here and there. Did you know that Barack Obama's mom worked for Geithner's dad? No, you're kidding me. Check it out. Go on. You, can get, you guys can all Google it and find out the details. Obama's mom worked for Geithner's dad? Yep. And that's... You know, there's your connection. There's your... Geithner's dad looks like a kind of a shady character, by the way. There's your Manchurian uh, Manchurian candidate. And, of course, Chris Dodd's wife was a board member of an AIG... Subsidiary? Company. Yeah. yeah. I uh, got an answer to the 79.9% of AIG. Remember we were talking about that? Why don't we own all of it? Right. Well, the reason is because, first of all, we don't actually own it. We have uh, warrants. That would be the U.S. government for this money that we gave them. We have warrants, so that can be changed into, I guess, common stock ownership for 79.9% because the minute you hit the 80% mark, then the company's debts are, have to be consolidated onto the budget of the acquiring entity, which would be the people of the United States. Ah. So that's the trick there, is keep it off keep it off the books. However, at any moment, they can uh, pull the old switcheroo, and then uh, we, would, uh, we would own it. Mm. And I have a new girlfriend. Oh, boy. I'm in love. So you've dropped Aaron Burnett? Aaron Burnett is, is, is off the list, man. My new babe, my new babe, is Congresswoman Michelle Bachman. Have you ever seen her? Yeah, I, I vaguely remember remember seeing her. She's, Let me take a look. She's from Minnesota, and she from so Minnesota. She, she has that hot Minnesota twang, the, uh, and she is super super duper milf. Hold on, I got Mr. Chairman. Thank you for this opportunity. These truly are extraordinary times in our financial service sector since uh, one year ago. So she's she's got like the librarian glasses on, and she's holding the mic tenderly between her. Forefinger, ring finger, and thumb, and uh, it's and but she's she's so smart, John. She is so, and I, I want to play two pieces, but just just let me serve. Open the Fed's discount open, window. Open your mouth so I can kiss you. For Bear Stearns, the American people are looking at the end. Oh, she's so beautiful. Have you got a picture of her yet? and they are wondering. Well, I'm the picture I've got. She's an older woman. Yeah, she's milf. Older woman. She's milfy. And then she takes her glasses off and she's looking straight into the camera and she's just oh, I'm no, dreaming. No, but I got away. a different one. This is a different 
Barbara. No. Bachman. I'll, I'll, How do you spell her last name? Uh, B-A-C-H-M-A-N, I think is what it is. So anyway, so she asked the uh, Treasury of the Secretary and the Chairman of the Federal Reserve uh, if there was going to be, if they think there should be a new global currency. The effects of financial collapse. And let's just We've listen. seen both China, Russia, and Kazakhstan make calls for an international monetary con uh, exactly. conversion to an international monetary standard as soon as the G20. And I'm wondering, would you categorically renounce the United States moving away from the dollar? and going to a global currency, as suggested this morning by China and also by Russia. Can you, can you imagine waking up in the morning and you've got this beautiful woman next to you saying, you know, could you I just... I don't know what she looks like. Send me her picture. Oh, God. I will in a minute. Let me just... I'm getting into her here, man. Imagine... You right-click on... <laughs> Wake up in the morning and she's like, oh, do you think there will be a global currency? Oh, baby, I don't know. Secretary. I would, yes. You would categorically... Categorically and, and the Federal Reserve Chair? Uh, I would also. Dick uh, could you tell me Anyway, so she's uncovered something which I, I think is beautiful, and I, I just want to play what happens in the congressional hearing when she asks the question. So Geithner... We have a jingle for all our clips. Yeah, we do. This is clip day. This is clip day. So Geithner has now presented or has announced his plan, what we're going to do to basically solve this quadrillion of derivatives, which is sitting out there in AIG mainly. And the plan is a, you've heard this, and I'd like to break it down for you, the public-private partnership. The public-private partnership investment program or some shit like that. No, I, I've got a picture. Okay. She's hot. She's got... Yeah, like she's got like plants in her jaw. Wait, wait, wait. She's got what? She's got that big square jaw. Yeah, she looks like the Maria hot. Shriver. No, she's much hotter than Maria Shriver. Just well, saying. So, what? Uh, so the idea is, or the the illusion is given that private companies are going to participate in buying up these bad assets. But the way it works is the FDIC is going to guarantee, and in fact actually pay for 90 to 95 percent of all of that and the the trick now is and there's a there's a link in the show notes the way to make money on this is you if you have bad assets you want to uh, sell them for if possible like 80 cents on the dollar you're going to make 15 cents because the government is going to insure up to 95 percent of the bad assets and that's coming right off of the taxpayers so it's a complete scam, this Geithner scheme, complete from beginning to end. And she knows it, my new babe, my new babe from, Min from Minnesota. And she asked the question, and, and so she's hammering right down to the core of the bullshit that is coming next, which will bankrupt the United States for sure, and she gets cut off. By Twinkle Toes. Listen. And Mr. Secretary, as I understand it, approximately 90 to 95 percent in the new program that you've just announced yesterday of the funding would come from the taxpayers. Is that true? Or perhaps the leveraging is a six to seven to one leveraging on the purchasing of the public-private partnership, the toxic assets that are available. Uh, when the returns come back to the American people, will the American people be receiving 90 to 95 percent of the benefit, or will it be another figure? The gentlewoman's time has expired. <laughs> And, uh, Mr. Chair, could I have an answer from that? No, no, as I no, explained, no, no, no. The time. Is that outrageous or what? <laughs> she. I told members you can't do that. She asked the question. The question. She can Boom. ask it again. 
So I don't agree she with. Again. She's obviously on the on the ball. Yeah, I'm looking at her wiki page. Uh, you know, we would have some differences, but that might make for some really hot sex. But here's uh, some <laughs> from BuzzFlash.com, which is obviously a Obama site. They call her the next Sarah Palin. She's a crazy. She's a abuse of power. She's a born again nutball. It's oh, the best kind. <laughs> They're wild. She's got man. a huge family. Yeah, you know what she's been doing. I've actually seen her a couple of times. She is quite sharp. She she'll be uh, hell until, yeah until they find a way to uh, sidetrack her somehow. Well, they might have to take her out back. Well, maybe they can put her in a private plane <laughs> with some icing convenient in the area. <laughs> a couple more planes went down this week, man. This is a, oh, well, before you do that. Yeah. Uh, what is the? Hold on a second. Well, well, shall I? Okay, no, go ahead. Go with the plane thing because I was reading something, but it turns out. Well, I was just going to gonna be... say the plane thing. You know, there's all this shit that is happening on final approaches. It's it seems you know we had the, uh, the and we also had those two uh, ships. Another couple of ships bumped into each Again? other. Again? No. Last week? Yeah, no, we talked about Sunday. The submarine and the and the tanker. Yeah. Yeah. So now we have a FedEx plane, which uh, boy, that that was a that was a freaking nasty bounce they made uh, in Tokyo. By the way, this is Michelle Bachman, not uh, Barbara. Mich I'm Bachman. sorry. I said Michelle. No, you said Barbara. No, I did not. That That's would, why I she's from the Dukes her. of Hazard. You said no. You she's from Dallas. Barbara Bachman was uh, wasn't she the mom on Dallas? So here I'm. I'm looking at this thing from Buzzflash, and this guy. That's why I couldn't find her. It's uh, Michelle. I thought Bachman. I said Michelle. I'm sorry. I've known Michelle for over. This is a comment on this blog. <laughs> I've known Michelle for over 15 years, personally and politically. Without a doubt, she is the most willfully ignorant. Doesn't see the stop sign and runs it, and irrationally stupid. Sees the stop sign and runs it on purpose. There is almost no connection between her brain, as small as it is, and her mouth, incredibly big. Rarely, if ever, does she think before she speaks, but loves the limelight and the mic. But alas, the poor, empty-headed woman couldn't analyze an issue on any topic rationally and constructively as a resident of her district, I'd have voted for Sneezy, Grumpy, or Sleepy. <laughs> Unfortunately, only Dopey was on the GOP line. Where she not so headstrong. This guy's funny. I love he's her. He goes on and on. I mean, this is... Oh, that's good. She is so, certain, now the, next, the next comment, she's certainly insane. Yes, I like her even more now. But she's... Dude, another, she's got her chops. Did you hear the question she was asking? I mean, she's got her chops. Oh, yeah. No, that was a goodie. Yeah, but this is... She's obviously going to be attacked by these locals. Yeah, because she's beautiful, as usual. It's all the beautiful people who have to bear the brunt. Michelle Bachman, queen of the ultra-right plutocracy. She would With be... a lunatic like this woman in Congress, think about the mental state of the voters who sent her there. <laughs> fantastic. I love it. I, she's great. She is great. Wow, this is the most vitriolic thing. People should go look up Michelle Bachman and then go to buzzflash.com and, and just check it out. It's hilarious. The commenters are just, like, mean. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, welcome uh, to the Internet. On Twitter, question. Is Barney Frank Scooby-Doo? <laughs> <That's reasonable. laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You can ask that question. Time is up. Time is up. <laughs> so um, the FedEx plane uh, bounced hard. That sucked. Um, but this horrible accident, and the minute I read the news report, I'm like, what? So uh, it's a Pilatus PC-12 with a whole bunch of kids on board crashed in Montana. Everyone perished. And I was reading this 17 people, 14 people. I'm like, what? 
it's called the PC-12 for a reason. The maximum amount of passengers in any configuration is 12, including the two pilots. Right. And they had they had kids on lap belts and oh, it's the it, and you know these things you got to be very careful, particularly with these big single engine machines. You know you can get a sna you can get a snap stall. All kinds of weird shit can happen if your center of gravity is off and if you have too many people on board. I know I'm oh, just pathetic. It's it's so sad. Uh, we can put two more in. Can we get two more out there? I can come. We're gonna take a second trip. That's will save us some money. It's like the nut. It's like the biggest no-no in the world. You know, and just jeez, Louise. I fly on a big uh, single-engine uh, puddle jumper from uh, Boeing Field to Port Angeles, and uh, it's a run by which one of the great airlines, little airlines, uh, called Kenmore who's been in business since World War II, and I don't think they ever had a fatality. It's an amazing little place. And, and we fly in these. They're, they're, they actually soup them up so the things are like, you know, got more horsepower than usual. And there's like a caravan, and there's a couple of these, these different uh, – uh, planes and they, you know, they come in. The pilot looks around and says, "Okay, you have to move to that seat." Yeah, you know, it's like, for weight and balance. Absolutely, yeah, they balance. He says, "You're uh, probably should go to that seat." And, <laughs> and then, you know, uh, Mr. Dvorak, yeah, would you mind just squatting in the aisle for us, please? <laughs> they did have one one time on the flight I took. They had some woman that was so incredibly large that uh, they had to like make special provisions for her to put her in a certain spot in the plane, you know, and. Yeah, kind of centered. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, they're very conscientious about that. I mean, normally. So yeah, I, I was kind of yeah. That's what they say. They said the plane was overloaded. Yeah, it's very very sad. Uh, I guess you put the flaps on, the thing just nosedived into the thing. No, I think it snap rolled. It, it you know, the, the, this particular plane, you have to be kind of careful with a couple of things because it will kill you. You know, that's what they say. Great aircraft, you got to. Follow a couple of simple rules because it will bite you. Ah, so sad. Um, Jay Rockefeller. Hold on a second. Hey, damn it! You know people don't give a shit that I'm doing a show. Hold on. No, I think they do give a shit. Sorry about that. It's nice being next to the, the there you go. Now we got the Shelley Berman moment, ladies and gentlemen. The <laughs> Shelley Berman moment. Well, I don't. I don't understand this reference. There'll be like two old farts that are listening to this show. They go, "That's hilarious! How does anybody <laughs> remember that?" Please email me when you get that joke. Uh, part of the uh, the evil elite who actually run the globe, of course, are the Rockefellers. And Jay Rockefeller, who I believe is a senator or congressman, he's a part of the lineage. He came out the other day and said something just fantastic, which... Uh, Tomorrow, a full committee hearing on cybersecurity. This guy, by the way, is the epitome of reptilian. Have you ever seen Rockefeller? Oh, yeah, Rockefeller? yeah. Ugh. And um, this comes within our purview on this committee, and it... I mean, not trying to be dramatic about it, but when, when the when the internet was invented by Al Gore, I'd like to point out everybody fell flat in their face. They were so thrilled, and the what? world began to do. <laughs> Everyone fell flat in their face, and the world was so thrilled. Don't you recall, John, us falling flat on our faces? Huh. It gets better. Business in a different way. Now, both the. President Bush's director of national intelligence, Mike McConnell, who I greatly respect, and like that, like that gives him some credits. 
President Obama's Director of National Intelligence, Admiral Blair, who I greatly respect, have labeled cybersecurity perpetrated through the Internet as the number one national hazard. It's funny. I haven't heard the president say that. Have you heard that? I don't know what he's talking about. Well, he's getting to a point. Of attack on the homeland in West Virginia. Uh, on, in West Virginia. In By America, the way, the homeland is West Virginia. Anywhere else. So, I mean, it really, it really almost makes you ask the question, would it have been better if we'd never invented the Internet? <laughs> what a douche. A <laughs> dumb thing to say. That's it? Yeah, I wish we had. And you know, he goes on and gives out, we shouldn't have invented the internet. If we could turn it all back, we would. You know, It's like, mm. ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to connect your sensitive databases to the internet, okay? It, you don't have to do that. It's not a necessity. Please. And now, back to real news. Actually, instead of real news, we have to take a break here. And um, because this is the moment, it, but it, the last Thursday of February, we had after I had pitched people to donate to the show, we had our best response. And the it, problem it, it came we after we last, played. It came after we played the real news jingle. Well, it, no, I'm just <laughs> saying it, it was at this time in that show that I said the following. I'm going to. I want you to play the donate section, which is a plug to to. Uh, Get people to contribute to our show. Oh, so we're going to play. And, we're going to replay what worked previously. Yeah, play it. <laughs> I mean, I kind of glossed over the article. I just thought it was interesting that Jackie Chan was uh, was piping up there. But uh, talking about piping up, by the way, we do need some more uh, people to donate to our library presentation, so I can write. And I'll have the, the slash library thing done this week. Thanks. The uh, the point is is that uh, it doesn't hurt, you know if you if you listen to this thing we do an hour and a half you know uh, twice a week so it's three hours so doing uh, two dollars uh, a month is and, just and, like and, and notice, twenty five no, cents yeah, for no, sure. Uh, there's there's no commercials. There's no ads in here. It's all uh, we don't. It's dense. <laughs> yeah, it's very dense. So I don't think it would hurt. Go to dvorak.org slash na. And donate and, to the uh, Curry Dvorak Library Project. Right, which is um, just fund or publicly funded. It's publicly funded. It, we're testing the idea. We don't want to do ads. They interrupt the flow of, of our thoughts. And I think it interrupts, uh, and I don't want to do these promotions anymore. I'd like to stop doing them, but it's not gonna, we're not going to for a while because we need to get a lot more people yeah. uh, involved. And we have a lot of listeners, and I, you know, it's just a matter of, but I, again, you know, if somebody's listening to this and they're not necessarily at the computer, they might be listening on iTunes, on a iPod, and then they forget because I've ne I've always found it very difficult to get anyone to to connect a uh, like a TV show to a website or a, a podcast to a website if they're not actually on the computer at the time you just forget to go to dvorak.org/na and and if you if you can't afford it if you you know if if we don't feel like it yet you know we'll be happy with some link love give us a link that also helps yeah something that you found that is Weird. Or just link to us. Just link to the show. That also helps. Oh, man. right. Yeah, link that's juice. Give us some right. Google, Google link juice, baby. Hey, that, you know, we should maybe just touch on that briefly because I know you're so anti-cloud. And boy, I was on your side the other, right. the other morning when... Uh, right. So that's, that's, an, the end of, well, that's, that's an interesting, kind of the, uh, interesting experiment, John. 
Well, you know, that's the end of the clip. By the way, I had to get the cloud thing there because that's the only time you've ever agreed with me, so I left that in. I agree with uh, you lots of times, baby. So now on last Sunday where we downplayed this promotion, uh, we got like so, the number of people since, since Sunday that have gone to our two Has dropped by 90%, have, right? At least. Yeah. There's like total of three people. As opposed to the 25 we were getting from that particular one. Mm. And so I was, you know, that was because I think that guy wrote us and bitched about the fact that we, we harp on it. I, I counted the time on that, by the way. There was one minute, 58 seconds out of a total of like uh, uh, 90 minutes or, or more. Of yeah, show. we're not harping by any means of the imagination. Right. I mean, we are a little bit now, but generally speaking, <laughs> let we me don't. just Let me just offset that, please, if, uh, if you don't mind. <laughs> and now, back to real news. The word is sleeve gate, John. No, I haven't heard that one. If nothing else, the hullabaloo over Michelle Obama's occasionally sleeveless attire has oh, reached yeah. a fever pitch this month, unleashing a torrent of clever puns from headline writers. She has kind of nice shoulders, I have to say. Yeah, she wore it's a I good think look she, on her. She, 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 I think she uh, lifts weights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she and Barack go to the gym every morning, he said. Yeah, I guess. No, I think she's. Uh, I think she's pretty hot, actually. Yeah, but but I would I would prefer to have uh, M- Michelle uh, Bachman's Bachman. head on on her body. That would be that would. Be, oh, now you're talking a woman, man. Well, that's a little too much, woman. Pupils uh, will no longer have to study the Victorians or the Second World War under proposals to overhaul the primary school curriculum in Gitmo Nation East, according to the Guardian. Oh, I, I like it. So, in other words, Great Britain is going to eschew its own history. Yes, of course. Why would you want to learn about them when the draft plans inquire, uh, require children to master Twitter and Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> the end is nigh. <laughs> yeah. Queen Elizabeth rolling over in her grave. I can hear Making her right now. Scrunch. If you're interested, I have, uh, I have a couple of those new uh, directives. Uh, you may be a terrorist if, and this is uh, from the Mayak that we talked about. Has has that yeah. got, has that gotten any ink anywhere? Uh, amongst nutcases like ourselves and uh, you know the the right wing media, yeah, here and there, but no, not generally. Well, let's just do a little checklist for our uh, for our listeners then, shall you we? Might be a, you might be a ten. These are the funny thing is this is not a joke. No, you know because you could you could imagine a, a humor bit. You might be a terrorist if, and then you do a bunch of humor, right? But these are actually real things people are looking at. Hold on a second, I got a I got a sound effect. And why not, right? Where's my sound effect? Yeah. Ah, ah. <laughs> no, there it is. It's called feedback. Yeah, ah, stop. It it opened in iTunes. Piece of crap. That's not feedback. That's a bling. Let's do that it was again. a bling. It sounded yeah. like feedback. Well, I have, I, have, I have another one. How about this one? The bling stinks. You probably can't even hear that. All right, you may be a terror. <clears throat> you can check along uh, with these at home. You can play along with the game. If you're against abortion, against illegal immigration, against gun control, if you're just against paying taxes, you could be a terrorist. <laughs> Unless, of course, you're a member of the presidential cabinet or congressional representative, then you're excused. Uh, if you're against RFID, universal service programs, you're probably a terrorist. If you're for the U.S. Constitution, for property rights, for national sovereignty, and Christian ide- ideologies, you're probably a terrorist. 
If you've seen Aaron Russo's America, Freedom to Fascism, Zeitgeist, or V for Vengeance, you're, which is also on the list, you're probably a terrorist. This is unbelievable. What's, what, the, what's the source of this? This is from the memo that was sent to the, uh, the Mayak. Was that Minneapolis? I don't know. Hold on a second. I've got, I've got it here. <sighs> this is the memo that was uh, that included the wording that if you uh, are a supporter of Ron Paul... V for Vendetta. Hey, good point. It is V for Vendetta. Wow, that's a big mistake. Well, then I can't read the rest of the article because it could contain more crap, so it's gone. It all contains crap. That's a bunch of bull. The, um, that's just an excuse to put more people on the terrorist watch list to harass them. This is all political harassment. It's got nothing to do with terrorism. Go, Johnny. You know, you got some guy, he's, he must be, yeah, that means he's obviously a conservative Republican. Put him on the watch list, make his life miserable. And, uh, of course, you can't own a gun if you're on the watch list. That's what uh, Rahm Emanuel wants. If you're on the oh. watch list, you, yeah, you didn't know that? No, this is news to me. You're kidding me. This has been around the Internet for ages. Well, I was—I missed it. I can't even read the whole internet. <laughs> what else do you do in your free time then? I can just see you sitting there in your underwear with your, with your eggs, reading the internet. <laughs> John, John, it's dinner time. Hold on, honey, I'm reading the internet. There's another good voice you should use for a clip. Hold on, Ram Emanuel so, and uh, guns. Let me just. Uh... Oh, so this is just a gun grab. This is another. This is not going to get anywhere. What is wrong with the Republicans out there that put up with this crap? Well, I think this is the one. I think this is the. Uh... Now, what do we got to do? Because let's be. I'm and Sarah's right. What, what, what do we got to do? Hey, hey, hey! I'm pointing my half a finger at you, buddy. <laughs> People's intimidation on this issue. Is not defined by just Republicans. There are Democrats intimidated by this issue. Wrongly, but intimidated, and they think. Oh, hold on. Nah, that's not the one. Yeah, it's from the same speech, but. Uh, yeah, get a clip and we run it on Sunday. Yeah. Anyway, so he says that he says uh, I believe people who are on the watch list, who are on the watch list for a reason, which includes two-year-old babies. Well, they're on there for a reason. Uh, yeah, of course. They're fucking terrorists, man. Uh, they should not be allowed to purchase guns. It, it is, you're right. It's the big uh, get the guns out of the people's hands. I do want to put in a plug real quick uh, for Congressman Ron Paul, uh, who does have a House resolution. By the way, if you like Ron Paul, you're a you're terrorist, according yes. to that list. <clears throat> yes, you are a terrorist. Um, and if you, uh, I guess if you sponsor his bill... Uh, 1207 to audit the Federal Reserve, which uh, there was an amendment put in place, I believe, in the 50s, which stopped that practice. Uh, but if you want to overturn that, repeal that, then uh, you're a terrorist. I want to give you an update on H.R. 1207, the bill to audit the Federal Reserve. Uh, we're making great progress uh, because a lot of you have helped encourage your member of Congress to co-sponsor the bill. We now have about 39 co-sponsors of the bill. It's been introduced in the Senate, and we're picking up a lot of momentum. And that's pretty good, isn't it? 39. Yeah, that's gonna. It, it's gonna end once they these guys realize that they've now become terrorists. <laughs> oh shit! I can't co-sponsor that. I, I I'll be a terrorist. When did terrorists not become? When when all of a sudden did terrorists 
uh, not be members of the is- various Islamist movements uh, designed to uh, reestablish a caliphate in the Middle East. Oh, you I, mean, does, you mean I, I'm not getting the connection between abortion and Federal Reserve and these kinds of attitudes. Well, hold on a, a second. Hold on a second. A caliphate in the Middle East, which seems to me where the terrorism stems from and the hatred of Israel. Well, you've you've clearly exposed the evil elite, John. You've exp- you've, you've you're on to them now. Oh, I am. Yes, I'm, you've I'm done doomed. it. You've done it. Hey, you know George. No private planes for me. You know George Weber. Does that name ring a bell? George Weber. No. I, I would think I it would ring a bell to you. George Weber was the guy who it, he was a San Jose Mercury News reporter. I think seventies or eighties, and he exposed. The, gov- oh, the drug deal. the drug deals, yeah, the government yeah, running guy. drug deals. So he was found dead in his Brooklyn apartment with a stab wound to his neck and apparent suicide. <laughs> Is that what it says? No. Is that you? No, they don't. They had, no, they uh, spokesman for the city medical examiner office. <laughs> <Stab> <laughs> says, <laughs> dozen times in a suicide attempt. Autopsy results are expected uh, um, Monday. But uh, he did quite a lot. He he really did expose a lot of that uh, a lot of that drug running on government planes. And uh, yeah, I so, know. And they, he was found. It turned out they got him fired. They made his life miserable. He had to leave the Bay Area. And then later, when certain investigal investigal when congressional <laughs> investigations, it's funny. I'm making them up as I go along. Uh, some congressional investigations and some other reporting done later, years yet later, proved the guy to be dead right with all kinds of evidence. Uh, you know. Meanwhile, I don't know what he did after that. I didn't know he was in Brooklyn. Yep. No, he's probably murdered. Yeah, probably. I, I bet you he was all over the Afghan situation. No, that could be. Who knows? Maybe he retired. I don't know. I haven't heard. Has he got any bylines floating around out there that I, we know of? I haven't done enough investigation on it yet. Is there a book that he was just finishing and they had to kill him? <laughs> um, could be. We're going to find out, I'm sure. Well, at least one good thing about, if you want to call it good, if you're murdered in generally in the New York area, they have competent, as opposed to like, say you were in Denver, competent homicide uh, departments that usually at least have a shot at catching the guy. There's a transcript floating around from the uh, Munich uh, Security Conference. Remember we pulled some clips from that a couple shows back? Yeah. And... uh, in the transcript, U.S. National Security Advisor Jones, what's his name again? What's his for? Well, Jones. Uh, here's his quote. Thank you for that wonderful tribute to Henry Kissinger yesterday. Congratulations. As the most recent National Security Advisor of the United, the United States, I take my daily orders from Dr. Kissinger. <laughs> <laughs> Filtered down through General Brent Snowcroft, uh, Scowcroft, and Sandy Berger, who was also here. We have a chain of command in the National Security Council that exists today. There you go. So, if you want to know who's running the show, it's Kissinger. Yeah, it's always been Kissinger. But, uh, there was there was there was a time when you were very and and within this program you were very skeptical about the big new Brzezinski and Kissinger. And, uh, I've never been uh, skeptical about the two of them. I have not. And thank you to everyone for sending me uh, ideas on where to get uh, the perfect lighter 
Uh, just so you know, uh, even if you buy refillable, uh, butane is not, uh, you can't sell that to miners. You have to be 18 to buy a lighter refill in Gitmo Nation East. Hmm. So what does the lighter you bought? What's so good about it? I didn't is buy it. Is it a butane lighter? No, I just, I just got another one of those uh, throwaways. Because no. I can't get them. I know which ones are good. It's the Oval Bix. The Oval Bix are the best. And they're not refilled. Why don't you just get a hold of the Bic company and tell them to get by a case? I tell them to send us $100,000. We'll give them the disinfo moment of the day. That would be nice. We could do that on the stream, even. I've been getting a lot of $6.60 and $66.60. We need, we need we're going to give the call out $666, and you're going to get a good big mention. You're and get a massive jingle. mention. Oh, and I. In the morning! I haven't done it all show. Uh, I'd like to throw one into your court uh, just to wind it up. Uh, A lot of uh, technical analysts of the markets, which, of course, have been rallying nicely, uh, say that we have reached the Fibonacci confluence levels, which, (laughs) of course, is uh, is a fractal, isn't it? Uh, I don't know how the Fibonacci thing works. I know Horowitz uses it. I don't know what the formula is, what it's got to do with anything. I have no idea. It's beyond me. And I, 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 at that point, I'm at, my, at the end of my ability to comprehend stuff. In the morning. <laughs> okay. You have to know your limits. <laughs> uh, like every good pilot, you've got to know your limits. All right. I got plenty of stuff we'll keep for... Uh, are we going to do a show on Sunday? Well, why wouldn't we? I don't know. I just want to make sure you're around. Are you going to be around? Yes. Well, then I'll be around. Yeah, tomorrow we've got our big... Uh, we've got our big Mevio UK Producers Day, which is cool. Moody flew in for that, so it's always fun to see him. And, uh, oh, I also wanted to mention, uh, there has, there's a no agenda iPhone app, which has been submitted to the iPhone store. So the, uh, I guess the Apple, uh, people have to check it out or something. I don't know. They have to review it. Yeah. It's called no agenda mobile. And on it, you can, uh, there's a button for the stream, a button to access the most recent podcast. There's a, uh, a button that will help you tweet her directly onto the stream. You know, stuff like that. It's kind of cool. All right. And uh, Obama has asked for Kanye West tracks for Air Force One. Oh. <laughs> Real news from CNN. That's good stuff. All right, John, how about you? What you doing today? Oh, you have to do a Tech 5 Top 5 today? No, no, that's tomorrow. I do Cranky Geeks. I'm off my way to the city to do Cranky Geeks. And there's also the Game Developers Conference, which I'm going to check Ooh, out. Oh, that sounds cool. Oh, by the way, uh, you mentioned something about Cranky Geeks, and I watched the show, last week's show, which was a pretty good one. Um, the the brilliant quote from yourself that you couldn't remember because, let's face it, your short-term memory is pretty crappy, uh, was how come these newspapers are so brilliant yet they couldn't uh, see their own demise? Yeah, well, I've, that's actually I've been saying that for a while. That's not a new one. But isn't that what you were talking about? That's what you were. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. Uh, no, well, that was the only brilliant moment I could pick up from the show, except well, for well, this you it's mispronouncing. It was even one. You mispronouncing Ulanov's name every time was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah he thought it was funny too. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, good. Is he a nice guy? Looks kind of like a dick. <laughs> He's a really nice guy. He's a great guy to go hang out with. Very down to earth. <sighs> okay, I like. He probably would appreciate the comment. Though. Yeah. So. 
please don't come over here April 30th because I do have a board meeting. Can we? Can you? Can we please just hang in San Francisco? Yeah, I'm going to be in the Queens Day. It's already no, scheduled. No, 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 you, you, no. No, please don't go. But I'm going to be there the week early. I'm going to be there for a week. No, but the, oh, John. But then I'll never see you over here. Nah, well, I'll go back again. Nah, yeah. you don't care. You don't care. You have all those frequent flyer miles I intended to score. Yeah. At a discount. All right, next show, Sunday. The stream continues. Keep the requests coming. Keep sending your Twitters. And uh, I'll keep improving it. Coming to you from the Crackpot Command Center in southwest London and Gitmo Nation East, I'm Adam Curry. And from the Buzzkill Bunker here in northern Silicon Valley, a place that really doesn't exist, but we think it does, I'm John C. Dvorak. And we'll talk to you again next week right here on No Agenda. Or I mean Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>